Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 193. In this episode, we chat about improvements to quotes in HubSpot sales and why you should use the SEO recommendations tool, plus the importance of business process optimization. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, features, and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well. What are you rubbing on your hands? I'm rubbing hand sanitizer. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Coronavirus. It's just everything. Coronavirus. What's the reason for this stock market going? Coronavirus. What's the That's re- exactly it's right. Just, you can't Slow sales. It. It's and coronavirus. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to make light of it, by the way. It is, um, uh, you know, quite an important and um, serious issue. But yeah. In, in Australia, can you buy a hand sanitizer anywhere? No. Sold out anywhere. You want to buy Ooh, tissues? Wow. No. Supermarket you sold know what? out. I was not even aware because I haven't been to the supermarket in the last week. And for you to tell me, and I just actually did a search and saw some news online where people were had tweeted about empty shelves in, in Woolies. I was like, what? Really? Did I miss this? Anyway, there you go. Look, I think it's really interesting. It comes down to marketing in a way because there's two things. One is the medical facts and situation, which depending who you read, you might have different opinions. And, you know, we are actually having dinner with... A uh, friend of ours, she works, she's a doctor in the emergency section in, in a local hospital. And she says, look, she gets daily briefings and updates on it. They're well prepared for it, but it's not a big problem. It's containable, you know, all this, like not panic about it. Be mindful, be careful. That's the medical side of it, right? Then there's the media side, which is seems to be inducing panic everywhere. People rushing and yeah, supermarkets being completely cleaned out because people are stockpiling, waiting for this massive panic that's going to go on and and in some ways possibly will simply because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's really interesting just how this is communicated through social and all the different channels and news outlets and things like that. In some ways, this is the first time we've seen something like this amplified so much. Yes. If you think back to the, uh, the mayors and SARS. Correct. They were... Yes. Uh, earlier on in when social was such a big piece. Yeah. Interesting times. Interesting times. We live in interesting times. Now, listeners, thank you for connecting with us. Those who haven't connected with us, please do connect with us and leave a note while doing so saying that you listen to the show. We'd love to hear from you. I had a few more this week oh, connecting wow. on LinkedIn. So thanks for that. Lovely to meet you. And, you know, we should do a shout out. Who should we shout out to, Ian? I feel like we haven't spoken to Charles Mackay for a long time, What's Craig. What's Charles up to? Yes, Charles. What are you up to? I hope you're doing well, Charles. All right, Craig, on to our marketing feature of the week. And this is the SEO recommendations tool within HubSpot. And really there to focus on all the quick wins that we can have with SEO recommendations. And it's prioritized based on levels. So that's what I'd like to say. Now, if you don't look at this part of the tool, I would encourage you to go in and have a look. We actually went into some of our accounts and we were like, oh, there's some duplicate content, you know, pages that didn't have enough uh, text on it. So it's it's a great addition to make sure that we are taking the full tool set and you utilizing it to our ability. Yeah, full advantage of it. And we've got a screenshot in the show notes of the SEO recommendations for the HubShots site, which I thought was quite good. I'll just make a comment. I thought most of the recommendations are pretty good. There's a few which, and admittedly, it was bottom of their list because not a high priority, but they had about 
should only have one H1 tag on your page. And of course, we know now that's not actually a problem. You can have multiple H1s. Yes. It's fine. And we've actually included a link to YouTube where John Mueller from Google says, look, it's fine. So there are some of those kind of what they used to call conventional wisdom in SEO that no longer apply that they've still got in there. But by and large, all the recommendations uh, are quite useful, especially duplicate content. And especially we found um, duplicate page titles on a bunch of our HubShots side pages, which I would not even think to check because I'd be like, well, of course not. Of course we had unique titles. Of course we did that. No, HubSpot identified we hadn't. So really useful. Give it a look. I think almost make this a monthly process, Craig, of when you're looking at your numbers and your figures and what's going on in your business, I think this should be a part of that process. I agree. All right. On to our sales feature of the week, Craig. Now, quotes is now under the menu, under sales. And okay, so let me just caveat this. You will only see this if you have sales pro or sales enterprise. If you've got sales starter, you are not going to see quotes under there just yet. How many episodes ago? It was three, I think, episode 190. I was complaining about this. You were. I obviously heard about it. In fact, it's one of the things I've highlighted to customers and prospects when we're talking about quotes because they're like, oh, so tell us about the sales side and quotes. I'm like, look, the first thing you got to know about quotes, you can only get to them via deals. We create these custom properties so that, you know, you can track whether a deal has. And we talked about this in episode 190. Correct. And I was complaining about it, saying, oh, surely they should change this. Ding, ding, a couple of weeks later, it's there. So it's under the menu, under the sales menu, quotes. You can see a full list of your quotes. It's really good. Obviously, the HubSpot team have been planning this for ages. Then you can see what you can uh, filter by status and owners. It's it's really good. It's exactly what we wanted. We wanted. So uh, thanks, Damesh, and thanks, the HubSpot team. And what are we most excited about in these quotes, Craig? Well, yeah, but I, I've really got to time my complaints, you know, and I'm sure, well, we recorded it a couple of weeks ago, probably only came out a week or two ago, and anyone that would listen to it maybe like, a week after I released it, we go, what? It's under the salesman. What are these turkeys going on about? Well, <laughs> that's me. I'm the turkey here. Really glad to see this. Thank you, HubSpot. Now, there is a feature that I really like in there, which hasn't been in there, which is the recall and edit provided the quote hasn't been accepted, which was not there before. It wasn't. And again, something that I complained about, I, yes. I think much uh, along quite a while ago, it might have been in the, in the 170s back. or one of those episodes when yes. it first went through quotes. It's really becoming mature now, I think, this quoting process. So, really good to see. So, if you haven't looked at it and you've been thinking about utilizing quotes in your business and you've thought, oh, it's not quite right there, now's a good time to go and re-look at it and see if you can implement it. Oh, by the way, another shout out to Nick Zenny. Oh, Nick. Because I was complaining about quotes He's a to good him. Egg. He is a good egg. I was complaining to quotes about quotes to him a month or so ago. I said, no, yeah, it doesn't do this and, you know, it doesn't do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I do know that the the sales, uh, the, the dev team are, are pretty keen to improve quotes this year. I bet he knew about this <laughs> and he couldn't tell me. <laughs> he wasn't able to spill the beans. I guess internally they must know about this, you know, weeks or months That's in advance. Right. I'd love to, love to get that inside track. But, you know, how good that we get to test beta features. So we are very grateful for that. Yeah. All right, on to HubSpot Extra of the Week, Craig, and this is searching the ability to search knowledge articles in chat. And this is, I think this is great because what it does give people the choice to actually search for something or self-help themselves before starting a chat, and it's available all through the site. 
And I think that's a great new addition to the chat feature. I agree. When I first saw this, I was like, I didn't quite understand the benefit of it until you explained to me how it works. And here was my thinking. And I just mentioned this, listeners, because perhaps this is what you're thinking. You're like, why would I want to search articles, knowledge-based articles from the chat? Why don't I just use the search on the articles page? You know, it's a pretty good search. Why did I do it in the chat? And duh, as you highlighted to me, it's, well, because the chat could be anywhere. It could be on a product page. They pop open the chat. Can we do Well, there's a knowledge-based article rather than chatting actually with a person. So I think this is really good. And of course, now that I see your point of view and you explain, I'm like, oh, of course. How did we not have this before? It's one of those obvious in hindsight things. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is, and this was years ago, I think I listened to somebody who was heading up innovation at Telstra, which is our largest telecommunications provider here in Australia. And one of the things with their support was that they discovered people love to self-help themselves. And I think it was a massive number. It was like 70 to 80% of people jumping on to get help solve their own problems by going through support articles and finding things on knowledge bases or forums and resolving it without even talking to a support agent, which was fascinating. And just gave gave more impetus for them to make sure that they were actually keeping all their documentation, their knowledge base up to date, replying to people on forums and making information readily available. On to HubSpot Gotcha of the Week, Craig. All right. So you know what the HubSpot Gotcha is? Just a few weeks after me complaining about something, they release obviously a product update. They've had it planned for months and they're basically saying, gotcha. So thank you. So no actual problems, but yep, they got me. All right. On to our marketing feature of the week, Craig, and this is understanding where people are in their journey with your business. Now, why we're talking about this is people often, especially people that are using HubSpot, will often get confused. When someone fills in a form, they get marked as a lead. And they think, and then there's, you know, there's different, there's a lead, there's an opportunity, there's a marketing qualified lead, there's a sales qualified lead. So these are kind of like the lead statuses along the way, right? But then there's a life cycle status where people sometimes might not understand how that would apply to their business, right? And why I want to do this is if that doesn't fit your business and you're trying to understand where people are in the journey with you, there are some really simple things you can do. And I would say to create a contact property in HubSpot that addresses this. I'll just tell you some three really simple things that you could do just to understand where people are in their journey so you know when to contact them. The first thing might be you might actually understand that your your first value is I'm starting my journey. So I'm at the start of this journey, probably not going to talk to someone. Maybe I just want to get information and I want to know what's going on and I want to get some value out of this. Second one, you might be saying I'm shortlisting my products or services. So you know people actually now deciding what they want to do. So they're, they're in that process of, I guess, decision in, in essence, with the products and services. Oh, sorry, not decision, the more in consideration. And then the third one would be that you could say, I am actually about to decide about certain products or services. Then you know, oh, okay, they're at the pointy end of this. And maybe now is a good time to, if they select that, is maybe if you're progressively profiling someone, is to give a option to, hey, would you like to talk to somebody in sales? And if so, can we have your number? So these are really three clear points that you could start off with 
and get a clear indication of where someone is in that journey with you. All right. So just so I understand, and we're clear on this, this might be a question that you ask them on a form. Correct. And the three options would be, and I'll just repeat them because you, you covered them. The three options, I am starting my journey. Number two, I am shortlisting products or services. Number three, I'm about to decide on products and services. I think they're really good. And I think, as I said last episode, that word shortlisting, I think is such a good word to ask people. The only potential suggestion I have, that first one, I'm starting my journey. I don't know if people relate or resonate with the word journey, but if you said, I'm starting my research, you could, Correct. you know, and for your so, industry or whatever, change it appropriately. Exactly. So I pull this out from what, because we deal with a lot of uh, builders. So what they actually say in this first one is I'm starting my building journey. So it's right. very clear that it's related to a building journey that they're on. Yeah, that's really good. I really like this. And I, th- I just think this is such a nice non-confrontational way to ask people that. As soon as they see shortlist, yeah, right. Okay, I know that's consideration. What have I got to do to give proof and things like that? And of course, when they're, I'm about to decide, hmm, ding, ding, get on the phone, yeah. And you know why we did this was we were in a situation with a customer of ours where there were too many leads and they were trying to figure out, sales were trying to figure out who should they talk to and not be concerned about. And this was one of the key questions that we were asking so we could understand where people were in that process. I think this is really good. I think it's very user-friendly as well because as a user, if I'm on a site and I fill that out in a form or possibly even a chatbot for that matter, I feel I'm in control because I know if I say I'm just researching, they're not going to call me. I know if I say I'm I'm about to decide, they'll call me. And quite often I'm like, I want this person, I want to be contacted straight away, call me. So I'll choose the third option. It's great for me. And I think for someone putting it out there, like really clear, rather than trying to use some vague thing to trick them into uh, revealing where they are in the journey for the sales benefits, for the user benefit. I think this is really good. I think this is a really good tip, Ian. And you know that next question I said that we ask quite frequently, if they choose option three is, would you like to talk to somebody? And that's like a yes or no. And so people will often say, so you're getting a really clear yes or no. It's not about, oh, I'm kind of deciding and I don't want to. And this is a really very clear, helpful I I love those forms that say, would you like us to call you? Exactly what you've done. Yes, call me. And of course, when you call me, I'm very receptive. Okay. Inside of the week, Craig. I'm going to talk about what HubSpot onboarding is and isn't and perhaps should be based on a, a, a current onboarding process we're going through with a client. We call it onboarding. We, we call it HubSpot Ignition. It's one of our products. You know, it's basically a, a three-month onboarding piece. And in their mind, they thought they're just buying a setup, get us to come in as an agency, set up their HubSpot portal. A little bit of training, but, you know, set up all the things, you know, templates, all that kind of stuff. We're like, yeah, cool. That, so that was our understanding. As part of that, we say, look, what's the key pain point? And for many companies, and this company as well, it's reporting. We can't see end-to-end reporting. We want great reporting. We're like, great. That's what HubSpot's perfect for. Pull it all in one place. So, right, send us through some of your reporting requirements. Okay, they did that on the sales side and the marketing side. We're having a call with them going through the marketing side because they sent like it's a 10-page document of all the reporting they want. I'm like, my goodness, I think there's a bit overkill Overkill, yeah. But actually put together by a very thoughtful person who runs marketing. I thought he was, I think he did a good job of putting it all together, but I know from experience that's like, this is overkill. Yeah. It, it's just like, you know, the, the, the holy grail of reporting. Anyhow, so we're going through that. And here's the point I'm getting to. 
We thought we were just setting up HubSpot. Actually, what it turned out that they needed was business process review, going through their processes and working out what's not going to work. And what's not going to work is that sales didn't have a process for updating back into HubSpot around quotes, about process, around leads, lead quality. Because we talked to marketing and they say, yeah, we want to know which leads or which sources are actually generating revenue. And they're like, oh, do you have any sense of which leads are good now? Oh, no, sales don't tell us. Oh, is there anything there? No. So there's a whole process here which they didn't have in place. And they are a particularly, a particularly mature client because they're like, great, we, identify, we need that now, we see that, let's get the processes going. So why am I talking about this in Inside of the Week? Here's the thing. Quite often I think, especially because this project was led by marketing, although they knew they needed a bit of sales buy-in, but that was going to come later, what they thought was just HubSpot set up and magically it's going to fix, you know, and show me reporting. But actually it turns out their processes couldn't accommodate and just we're not going to feed the data in. So here's the thing for marketing managers and in fact sales managers as well, if you're getting HubSpot, you've got to review your processes. And so our next calls with them are going to be getting the sales team. What's your process? What do you do? Are you prepared to do this? Because you can't force salespeople to do it. And you know some of the best salespeople. Often the top performer yes. just does not update the system, right? I don't know what there is. There's that personality. They're too, out, too good out there selling. They don't have time for updating the system, right? So there's a process that needs to be implemented and agreed upon. Yes. Even just this, well, HubSpot call it an SLA. I don't know if any companies actually do have an SLA or such, but it's an agreement between marketing and sales. Yes. For simple things like, okay, we're going to send you this many leads, but you've got to tell us whether these leads are any good. Correct. The best way you can do that, well, you could you could tell me, but you could update that in HubSpot yep. so that we can see that and report on it. So I think that's the takeaway. As marketing managers in your business, if you're trying to get HubSpot buy-in and make it useful, you've got to get those processes reviewed and in some time, in some cases, change to accommodate the input of all the data and the touch points. I agree, Craig. I've just with one of our clients, we're sitting on sales meetings now, and it just is more apparent to me how vastly different people are within sales teams. And then with some of those new reports, where you can see average uh, time to close deals and average sales activities to to get a deal to a close stage. It's very apparent. It's either the kind of deals people are getting and are working on or it's the person who's working on the deals where we're actually seeing if they're actually logging it correctly, then we're measuring it correctly for the duration or are people sticking in things as they're way down the process and then they see a really short sales cycle. So it is very important. And one of the things I discovered, I was looking at the deals and I'm like, well, how do I help like from a marketing perspective, how do I help you guys on the sales team close the deals quicker, faster? Maybe we can do some, you know, retargeting to people. We can send them content that will help them. Trying to understand that. But one thing I realized in that whole discussion was when I was talking about that, then some some of the sales guys said, oh, some some of the things we've given quotes for aren't in the system. I'm like, well, how do I get a clear representation of what is actually happening in the pipeline if not every if everything's not there? And so the, again, this is like having a deal is great, right? So that's one part of the process. A lot of these guys were giving out quotes. So they're actually not using any quoting tools because of the kind of products and all the accessories and everything that were being put in. 
So quotes are happening in all these different ways from Word documents, then from different systems. So one of the things we're working on is actually trying to tie that together. So if a quote goes out, we know that it went out and it's actually coming into HubSpot. So that's the next thing we're working on. Because again, you know, some things are quick, some things are long. So really got to understand the breadth and the depth of this team and what their needs are to make things happen. That's a great insight there. It's sometimes just getting that data back does reveal deficiencies. I'll, I'll give you, you'll laugh at how absurd this one is, but the same company, so they're using Captera to drive a lot of leads right. and they tend to be good quality leads. They're also using Google Ads to drive leads. Now, we see them on the marketing side as conversions. They go through as leads and in some cases get upgraded to marketing qualified due to behavior. They only found out recently, they go and talk to their sales team. They go, oh, so what? they're trying to get a gauge on which leads are working. So, that, well, you know, do they spend more? Sales guys are like, oh, yeah, those Captera leads. As soon as the Captera leads, they're on the phone to them because they're almost a guaranteed sale. They're very high quality, high yeah. purchase intent lead, right? As you'd expect from Captera, this is a okay. software company, right? Google Ads, they say, oh, so what about the Google Ads? Oh, we don't really follow them up. They've got ad uh, leads sitting there that have been there for months that haven't even been followed up by the sales team yet. Wow. Right? Now, they can't see that from the marketing side. All they're seeing is, oh, Google Ads is driving cost per lead is reasonable. Okay. Leads are going in. But because they're not seeing the end and not getting any feedback from the sales team, right, sounds so obvious, right? This company is doing very well. They're very successful. So when companies are doing growing successfully, all that kind of stuff doesn't really get focused on, but it's a missed opportunity and also wasted money. It's like, should they should they just stop Google Ads? Maybe, maybe not. That's another discussion because Captera, they've actually peaked out. Like there's only, you know, there's only, right, so, there's only so, much so much inventory that you can get, right? So you've got to be looking at other channels and they've got to be building out a process. So and unless that feedback's coming back, you can't really track it. And so this, again, the process, getting that kind of data in, I think it's really important to understand and you don't get this understanding by sitting in isolation. A lot of the people we work with, uh, the ones that work really well, it's where sales and marketing sit together on a weekly meeting and they actually hear what's going on. So in both ways, it's like marketing gets feedback and goes, well, I could improve this to give you a better understanding of the customer or the potential customer. Sales might be like, oh, this isn't, isn't working well. How can we improve that? So there are just little things like even understanding for one of our customers is people were, when they were about to talk to people, they were collecting a suburb, right? So there was a, it's a free text field, type in where you're located. Now, one thing that I've found out in Australia, for example, we have postcodes and they're generally four numbers and there's very little aversion for people typing in. It's usually pretty accurate, right? Whereas you could misspell uh, suburbs or locations, but when you have to type in a four digits, people always get 99% of the time get that right. So then it made our tracking in the sales meeting much easier because we were like, oh, here are all the people that from these postcodes that are, so we've got a report from this particular postcodes people are inquiring from and gives us a good information. Whereas before there were all of these, you know, suburbs that look kind of the same showing up in a report and we didn't know. So it was all over the place, but it was something that we picked up in a sales meeting. It's like, how do we make this better for them so that they don't have to guess what's going on? <laughs> all right. On to our HubSpot throwback of the week, Craig. You know what they're talking about a year ago on the HubSpot product updates blog? 
including attachments in chatbots. Did you even know you can do that? I, I had no idea, Chatbot, Greg. you can get to a step and you can offer them a PDF download or a, an attachment. Well, there you go. There's I had no that, idea. There's something we can go and implement right now. Exactly. I wonder how many people are actually using that. I'd love to know. But there's so many. It's so easy to miss these things. I didn't even know about it. But, I mean, it's such an obvious thing. It's almost like chatbot, qualify them. Okay. okay. Here's your download. Here's the PDF. It's got. And you know what? There is like in the screenshot previously, we were talking about the chat bot and being able to read the knowledge base. There are templates in there when you're creating your chat bot as to what you want to happen. So, you know, if it is to book a mini, is it to qualify a lead? So I would actually recommend people to do that and go and use that or even set that up and test it out. Because if you don't test these things out and understand what's possible, you could miss a whole bunch of things. And this is a great opportunity while people are sleeping to take advantage of and be ahead of the game. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. And last week we talked about Facebook Insights and this is called Facebook Insights to Go. Last week it was Facebook Insights about people. Today it's about to go. So we put a screenshot in there. It is kind of cool um, because you can filter down by region, industry, people, moments, campaigns, platforms. And it's, it's quite visual. So it just tells you some interesting stats and you've got a screenshot. One of the stats says that in Australia, 62% of Gen Zers surveyed expect brands to contribute to society. Like, hmm, that's interesting. It's interesting that 38% don't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, actually, I don't know. Is the contrapositive true? Does the 38% not expect them or is it? Yeah, I'd love to know what the... But yeah, 62%, that's high. And it's good. Yeah, that's right. Again, like last week, I was said insights about people. The, these insights, uh, you can use them in, in your marketing material. You can use them to understand what people are doing. And uh, you can download some of these and share it. So I, I would recommend people do that because it's actually interesting. And great for slide decks to make you look smart. That's right. Now, what's the caveat on this, Craig? <laughs> well, I think like anything, sample size was, well, it's a 1,000 people. I, I suppose there's statistical confidence, but it's small. It is. And some of these reports, one of the ones I had gotten down that interested me, which was about automotive, was a sample size of 1,007 from about two years ago. So that was interesting because I, until I looked really at the very fine print, did I not see that? And that's what we say. Always look to see, to verify where this is coming from. I think that's right. When they throw around a number, 62% of Gen Zers, it's like, well, how many Gen Zers have we got that's right. Millions, right? And we've got a thousand responding to a Facebook conducted survey. Yeah. That's Take right. Take it with a grain of salt, but interesting nonetheless. All right, Craig, our quote of the week. Success is making those who believed in you look brilliant. And that's by Damesh Shah. I believe in you, Damesh. We do. Now, listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show. We would love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, share the podcast with one person that you know would enjoy it. And have a great week. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.